Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. We are the CHGO White Sox crew, down a man, no Vinny Duber, we hope he is well. You can follow him at Vinny Duber, he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, probably be back tomorrow, if not, we'll be back on Friday, and if not, Herb, He'll probably be back on Monday. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. If you're hanging out with us, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button and subscribing to our CHGO Sports YouTube channel if you haven't already. We got a Bulls pregame show at 530. And if there's a pregame show... You can just bet that there'll be a post-game show. So we got you covered mm-hmm. for the pre- and post-game with uh, Big Dave, Matt Peck, and Will Gottlieb as the Bulls take on the Hornets. Plus, we also want to welcome in some new diehards. Uh, we are up to 107 for January, so thank you very much to all the people that have been diehards that have been supporting us ever since March 4th, 2022, when we launched. Uh, and Jack, Rob, Albert, Mark, Brock, Bradley, Michael, Jeremiah, and Ryan, uh, who have also signed up as signed up as well. So if you uh, haven't leveled up your fandom yet, you want to become a diehard, head over to allchgo.com. On today's show, we'll be discussing a topic that broke just after our show yesterday about the Orioles and how that will possibly affect Dylan Cease's trade market. Uh, have not been able to find out who had the report first. Do you know? Um, I don't Should know. we just make it up? Might as well. It doesn't really okay. matter. The Baltimore Sentinel. <laughs> is that a thing? No, I don't think the so. Baltimore Sun is a thing. Baltimore Review. Uh, it just says multiple reports on ESPN, but John Angelos has agreed to sell the Baltimore Orioles to a group led by the Carlisle Group, uh, co-founder David Rubenstein, uh, according to multiple reports on Tuesday. The transactional report uh, values the Orioles at $1.725 billion, just slightly out of our bid of $1.625 billion. So what are your thoughts on being runners-up? Firstly, it seems low for a team like the Baltimore Orioles. I know that they haven't had the greatest success since Peter Angelos bought the team back in 1993, but they play in one of the most glorious stadiums in Major League Baseball. I would think that alone would have uh, part of the deal be a little bit bigger. But, man, good for the Angeloses to get out, and it's partly because of the uh, main guy, Peter Angelos, is uh, dementia advancing and wanting to sell the team right now for 40%, and then when it passes for tax purposes, the full 60%. But 
Um, I'm always kind of skeptical on private equity firms, which this group is uh, taking over baseball teams. I mean, there's already private equity firms in Major League Baseball. I think the Atlanta Braves are one of the main people, but I think private equity firms are throughout baseball. The White Sox largely are not a private equity firm, even a minority ownership. But it's good for the Orioles. I mean, I think that um, the Angelos ownership was a bad ownership. I think they only won two pin, uh, division series, never went to the and won the ALS uh, pennant. And Peter Angelos is uh, very cheap throughout his time. And we could see this offseason, maybe, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Some of the reason why they haven't really spent any money except for David Robertson, no, um, uh, Craig Kimbrell replacing uh, mm-hmm. Batista as their closer because he's hurt as the only real move that the AL East champions have made this offseason. And this is probably some of the reasons why. So good for them to get some influx of new money and a different person uh, commanding the ship. But also uh, it's uh, some pause for me because the private equity firm I know will be trying to get some money out of the Baltimore Orioles. And hopefully that means more money into the team and for the uh, team to be building building up a winner because they have a lot of people to pay in about five or six years from now right the one the one thing that i did wonder is you know how much of this was also just hometown stuff because david rubenstein was born in baltimore Mm -hmm. so i mean i i i as a podcast host, I don't know if I could speak much to private equity in my knowledge uh, in private equity firms. They're all over baseball now. Right. Well, Fenway Group, right? Yeah. Uh, the Guggenheim Group, I believe, is a private equity firm, which owns the Dodgers. Okay. Um, the Braves. There's a couple other. I think the Astros, even though Jim Crane's the head guy, are uh, private equity firms. But their main goal is, of course, making money for their investors, which Jerry Reinsdorf his main goal is to make money for his investors also. Well, and it seems to, again, like what you and Luke Stuckmar described today on CHGO Tavern Style, which you can check out later today on CHGO Sports' YouTube channel, uh, about the new stadium being built. Luke sees it as a way out for Jerry Reinsdorf, and that's what I've been thinking as, as well. I don't know if you feel the same way, but again, you see how much money is being thrown into these sports teams. You see how much money was just given to Shohei Otani. We're getting closer and closer to a billion-dollar deal for a player. Uh, like It's not surprising that these investments are being made into these teams with how much money is, is made in entertainment. So uh, I, I don't know if it's I mean, do you think it's a, a bad thing if private equity comes into baseball? It depends because, you know, they it becomes more business. Yeah. Baseball doesn't have a floor. There no salary floor for the players or for the teams. And so if a private equity firm is trying to just make as much money for their firms and uh, their investors, they can bottom out and just have salaries at a low operating cost and just rake in the revenues. So I would think that they're smart and understand that to make money, you have to spend money. And most of these teams do, and most of these private equity firms do spend on their uh, initial uh, buys. But we've seen it in journalism time and time again where they buy things like uh, The Athletic and The New York Times and other spots and then lay people off, a lot of people off. So I just want everything to be, you know, more competitive for every team and not just run as a business Plain and simple. Like, I want some fans in there. I want somebody who wants to actually win and have winning be part of the getting the more money that you get because the Dodgers win a lot, and that's why they get a lot of Shoei Atanis, the Yamamoto's of the world, because they win. 
It's not because the private equity firm runs it as a cash cow. They make it. They make their money because they win. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, t- sorry, I saw my name in the comments. I, I want to. White Sox Tom makes me want to uh, make sure that the seven hundred million is deferred for Otani because that makes a difference. I mean, it doesn't matter. It He's doesn't getting matter. paid that much, right? Um, anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, you've brought up this before, though. It's like it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Like, you're still billionaires. Yeah. Like, and the thing too, like Jerry Reinsdorf, it's not private equity it's obviously a group and he is the head of that group um but he still runs it like a business he does i mean it's just i i I don't know how much of it will change it's i i think hopefully it just leads to maybe more and maybe you know you'll see business people see the raise model being appropriate maybe we'll see more businesses search out baseball teams because they think that they can work with that floor and still put out a competitive team. Like I I'm, I'm all fine with seeing how you can win with baseball. Let's just try. Let's just not have what the Rockies are doing and just willy nilly spending $172 million on Chris Bryant or, you know, uh, the, the angels owner. I want to say it's Perry Manassian, right? Artie Moreno. Artie, Artie Moreno. Is Manassian? He's the GM. GM. Uh, Artie Moreno, who just throws hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars at any outfielder that walks, a la Josh Hamilton. Uh, Pujols wasn't an outfielder. Uh, you could even bring up C.J. Wilson. I guess the Mike Trout and Shohei Otani ones worked out. But even then, I mean, Trout hasn't played a ton in nope. that extension. So, I, I don't know. It's There's always going to be bad owners. I just don't want to see... Again, I think like you were saying, the heart taken out of baseball. But then again, I don't know. Baseball's finding its way. I don't really feel like baseball's in its like true form yet because it feels like the NBA is now mm-hmm. finally com- you know com- com- uh, competed with the the NFL, right? Um, okay. And it, and it's you know kind of taken this boom. I feel like MLB still has a, a second life in it. Probably. I mean, but think about the people that are younger than yourself. Are they watching baseball at a good clip? Probably not as much as the people who are directly below me. I'm in Gen X. We all, back when I was a kid, we watched baseball all the time. The people below me, the Gen Zs and the um, the millennials, don't watch baseball as much as I do. So we're a dying-off breed. And so that's what they have to uh, shift to next. When I was a kid, baseball was the American pastime. Was it? It was... Probably NFL had passed it up in the you know early life cycle of my uh, life. But since then, as you said, the NBA has passed it up because it's gone global and because people can follow the game because the people can do extra things, you know, use uh, Twitter for their highlights. Baseball, MLB doesn't allow you to do that. They don't want you to retweet things and have their product out there. They don't have – they have blackouts on games still where you buy a whole package – they're still saying, hey, you're in that local market. You can't watch X, Y, and Z games in this market. So I think baseball needs uh, a shift in its marketing, a shift in its uh, reach to other people. And I don't know necessarily if baseball is going to be better by a lot of these teams. Because if one goes there, and if, like this is like the big one. If one goes there, like Baltimore Orioles, other teams, Private equity firms are going to be like, okay, if that's a cash cow, I'm going to be in too. And next one can be the White Sox, which, as Jared points out, how could it get much worse for the Baltimore Orioles? They were a terrible team under the Angelos ownership group, and maybe this team sees something in that Baltimore team. And for that, st- that stadium and where it's at, 
that they could be making so much more money than what the Angelos's mm-hmm. were doing. Yeah, and I think what uh, the Orioles recently finalized a deal. This is in the ESPN thing. Uh, deal with uh, the Maryland Stadium Authority to remain at Camden for the next 15 years. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's already got that path for you know future in Baltimore already laid out. So, um, you and know that that's that's a plus there. And that's the thing we're talking about the stadium thing. Like, we as consumers have seen teams, whether it be the Rams or other teams buy their own stadiums and have their own stadiums and make money off of that. If Jerry, and it looks like these plans for the 78 are going to be included in no new taxes, which just to me just means they're going to continue the taxes that are currently on the books for guaranteed rate field. That's not going to be having money put into the new owner's um, pockets because that's just not their stadium. They can't make that passive income when baseball's not being played so that's why i want jerry to just buy the stadium and then sell this sell the rights to the white Sox to the new owner if he wants to but then that new owner can monetize that new stadium and make money off of the stadium and the team when it's not playing so it's just smarter to have owners who understand that spending money makes you money and I don't think Jerry realizes that now, and he's trying to get us as the taxpayers in Illinois to finance him another stadium and then bounce out and cash out, which is bullshit. And I think that's what the Angelos did, but they have a little bit more of a dire situation with Peter Angelos pretty much on his uh, last legs. I mean, I to be fair, I don't know how dire death is. I mean, you know, I just Jerry does have, a, to be fair to the 87-year-old man, uh, time all comes for us at one point. It does. And hey, you know, Angel's 93. Oof. Yeah, hey, maybe, maybe Jerry makes it to 120, but that's hope so. a very rare breed. Hope he tra- got hope, the money for it. Oh, hope he sells the team, had bought the stadium, lives until 185, <laughs> and you can see the White Sox actually progress without him being the owner. I would, I honestly, if they won a World Series and he wasn't the owner and he was still alive, you got to invite oh. him back. You got to invite him back. Oh, Come yeah. On. So he can just, Get your ass he's back like down just here. mad the whole time, just fucking, oh, God damn it. <laughs> White Sox fans are like, hey, man, you could have did this a long time before this. Well, he likes second place better anyway. Um, that's just, I mean, he still makes money. He still makes money. That's um, a, that's the short side of way. Like, hey, I'm going to – I bought this team for $19 million, I'm going to sell it for billions. That's what – I guarantee Jerry believes that he's a great owner. And I guarantee Peter Angelos thinks he's a great owner. As I said yesterday to somebody, I was like, yes, he has made a bunch of money for the team. But in that same time, he's lost a lot of money for that team. I mean, what are we talking about with them moving to 78? All the extra money they're going to be getting from hotels to retail, all that good stuff. White Sox could have had something similar to this if they would have did it correctly in 91, taking the plans for Camden Yards before the Orioles did. And they could have had a better stadium situation and then printing money right now. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's a lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda. It's not like he didn't lose money. Like, no, he didn't. How much lose more money. money would he have? You know, how much more billions of dollars would he have? It just, again, seems- what are they, top 10 now? They could have been top five. <laughs> well, there you go, Jerry Ryan. Could have actually there's, had, there's I, something to shoot for. Could have actually had a uh, tourist attraction here at Guarantee Rate, but no one's going to, from some other city to see Guarantee Rate right now. Now, the 78, if that's built, I guarantee. People be coming to see that stadium. Well, it depends. I mean, if, if someone brought up, I think if if they were to face the um, skyline, that there'd be too much westernly sun, so that it might just be just blinding to batters. So it could possibly. That's not hurt. true at all. 
But I, if, if they're facing the sun, they're, they'll be from the south looking towards the north. The, the west would be in the stands. And the east, like early game, like really, really early game, like in the early, like 10 o'clock, maybe yeah. will be in the sun. Yeah. Maybe right. the off of the building, so the reflection there. And, Tom, I've been to that ballpark. Baltimore's not in a bad area. Baltimore Stadium's not in a bad area. It's in a great area. I've never been. It's right by the football stadium. It's not a bad area. Just stop being scared of everything, Tom. <laughs> Let's take a break. You know what you shouldn't be scared of? CD1 price cleaners because they have low prices and customers can save over 30% on their dry cleaning bill by switching to CD1 price cleaners. We're very excited to be welcoming on CD1 price cleaners to our CHGO team. They have a simple and transparent service. Other cleaners charge a different price for every garment type. Plus, they have upcharges and you may pay a different price for each time you visit. At CD1 price cleaners, we charge one low price for any garment. Yep, even sports jerseys, the one same low price for any Anything, whether it be a jersey, a shirt, uh, I guess, you know, since it's a garment, it'd even include pants, Herb, maybe even a short. Maybe. Uh, and I would assume this even counts for suits. So whatever you need dry cleaned. And they have a fast turnaround. CD1 Price Cleaners has your order ready the same or next day. Other cleaners take two to four days to have your garments ready. So it will be faster for you and a lower price for you. And they have a wide variety of services like dry cleaning, wash and fold laundry, blankets and comforter. Uh, tailoring and alterations, leather cleaning, area rug cleaning, and more. So visit chgo.cd1. One, oh, I, I was going to read one again. Visit cd, no, visit chgo.cd1one.com. I didn't know how to spell it. You could just click the link in the description. And once you're there, you can pick from an in-store coupon or online pickup and delivery coupon options. So again, visit chgo.cd1one.com or click the link in the description to check out your coupon options from our friends over at CD1 Price Cleaners. And Herb, hello. it's getting easier for business to switch to electric vehicles. It's something that we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Yeah, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs. As we all move to with confidence for an electric tomorrow, and that's Vinny's favorite group, whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes. That makes sense, Sean. That's true, Herb, but what should business owners do to take that next step? They should go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, and good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Indeed I did, Sean. Now go now and see how electric connects us all to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. All right, so... Yep. The thing in the comments saying, if the fans don't think you're a great owner, then you're not. I, I, I don't know. It's I, What fans can truly look at an owner and see anything to relate in? What can they look to, unless you're a weird Shark Tank freak who's like, oh, yeah, got to get my next, uh, my next invention out and turn, you know, 4% into a billion dollars. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand people who can connect with an owner. And I think that even if you are the fan of, the Yankees, you'd probably hear people hate the Steinbrenners, even though, uh, I don't know, they have the most championships out of anyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, you could even bring up the fact that they only have one since 2001, but still, 
they have one, and most teams since 2001 don't even have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's really tough for fans to truly give a unbiased feeling towards their owner because fans obviously love the team more than an owner because the owner sees it as a business and not as their fandom. And that's understandable. And I think the Philadelphia Phillies fans probably love their owner because John Middleton goes out and puts his money where his mouth is and he wants to win. And then he subsequently puts the money out there to get the players that are needed. I mean, if you go to the NBA, this is probably why Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't want Mark Cuban in major league baseball. Dallas Mavericks fans, I think, are pretty satisfied with Mark Cuban and what he does. But I get your point. For the most part, you ask Cub fans, Ricketts family sucks. You ask uh, Guardians fans, I don't even know who owned them now. But, yeah, you're going to get an answer that's like, yeah, yeah, my owner's not that great. But I don't understand, and I think Lawrence Holmes from 670 Score, we used to work with him back in the day, used to say it all the time. Like, fans, some fans see themselves as the owner or at least aspire to what the owner would be. And so I think that that is the thing that some people look at themselves like they part, they side with the team instead of the player and then instead of the fans, they think that, okay, if I just work hard and get my money right, I can be an owner and I would feel like this if I was an owner. So, um, yeah, I think that it's just really hard to relate with a billionaire if you're not a billionaire. And I never would ever, you know, preclude you from thinking that you should be an owner if you want to be if that's your goal if you think that you can one day go from a thousandaire to a billionaire more power to you but know this most billionaires started with a couple dollars in their pockets so you're probably not going to be a billionaire guy that's Uh, from me to you yeah hey i mean unless you're on the david blitzer path of life who is uh, apparently the first to own equity in the five major sports league of north america and he owns the cleveland guardians now after the dolans uh sold it uh but he owns uh i think he's a co-managing partner of the sixers and of the devils uh 25 owner of the guardians and owns a minority stake of the commanders so uh just buying all the teams that had their names changed for racist reasons. <laughs> I think the uh, the Cronky, Stan Cronky, he owns like all of Denver, the Altitude Sports, and the Rams, and like a soccer team also. So like, yeah, that guy, he's got money from his own money, and his wife is a Walton, which owned the Walmarts. So good people. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, you can't relate with those people. Yeah, Cronky owns a uh, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal, the women's team, uh, the Rams, Nuggets, Avalanche, Colorado Rapids, Colorado Mammoths, uh, Los Angeles Gladiators of the Overwatch League, and the Los Angeles Gorillas of the Call of Duty League. Uh, so glad they, those two got mentions in there. And Jared, uh, Josh might have asked him that. Josh knows some soccer team. Might have asked Mark Cuban that. But Josh, uh, Mark Cuban lied then because he tried to get ownership for the Texas Rangers, I believe it was, with the current owner of the Astros, Jim Crane, when he was trying to get uh, a team or try to get into Major League Baseball. So maybe he says he doesn't want to own a Major League team in the future, but he tried to get a Major League Baseball team. And Jerry Reinsdorf and his people said, no, sir, you're not in here. Well, let's talk about the team that just uh, made that sale, uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Again, you brought up that their only move so far this offseason was Craig Kimbrell signing him to a $13 million deal to replace Felix Bautista, who Oof. will be out for the 2024 season. The Orioles team that just 
is coming off of an AL East uh, championship, 101-win season. They're going to be getting the uh, number one prospect in baseball again in Jackson Holiday to add to this team. Do you think now that the clarity and ownership has been kind of, you know, sought out, uh, do you think that there'll be more action from the Orioles? Obviously, this isn't official. They still need 75% of the MLB owners' votes to pass through this sale, but it does seem like there's nothing so far, at least in the past 24 hours of the sale being reported, that sticks out as a, a reason to hold back the sale. Yeah, I don't know if they have enough like time before now and opening day to work a deal, but I'm sure the conversations will start again because as Bob Nightingale had reported a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago that talks had stopped between the White Sox and the Orioles and had resumed with the Mariners. And so, yeah, maybe now you have ownership that is going to be brought in and whenever it's brought in and finalized, you can have some certainty in who's running the team, who's going to be doing things as Cal Ripken looks like he's going to be part of the ownership group too. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a little bit more movement with your front office and do a couple more things. But yeah, I think that Dylan Cease will probably be a White Sox still in the opening day. And then maybe after a certain period of time, I think the owners meetings is coming up this next couple of weeks. They'll probably convene, and if it's this far down the line, I'm sure the MLB owners, and they'll get their 75% of people voting for them to say yes. So I don't know if it's going to be immediately, if Dylan Cease is going to be gone before the beginning of spring training or the beginning of uh, the start of the season, but I highly doubt that because this doesn't go that fast, and I don't think that uh, Mike Elias has a, a go, the go to actually trade these players away. Yeah, and it, it's just kind of odd. Elias. S- I think it's uh, Elias, but honestly, I mean, does it matter? No. I want to say the man's name, right? I, that's true. But also, like, it's not our guy. No, he's you not. Know? You know what I mean? If he was, you know. I misspelled Caitlin Clark's name on Twitter, and I got roasted. Who? Caitlin Clark. The Did Iowa add basketball. add an E? No, I, instead of an I, I put the Y at the end of the, letter, at oh. the, end of the name. You know Google's a thing. Yeah, I do. Sorry. I was, no, no, I will I, correct I, myself. I, I'm, I'm not above getting corrected. That's why yeah. I'm trying to correct the name. I think it's Elias. Yes. But also, I don't know. So I don't, I don't even want to speak down to you because I, I have no idea. What do you think? About I think it's the, Mike Elias. Oh, no, the ownership. Oh, okay. And um, if it will move some, um, have some movement for the White Sox. Yeah. I do think that Bob reporting that the Orioles talk is done is just to help the Orioles. Like, you know, we always think, we always try to think of, like, who does this benefit to get out? I think that's the White Sox saying the Orioles have stopped talking to us, but yeah. I think that's, I I think that's because the Orioles are kind of sick of the price. Um, yeah. Someone in our Discord, I think it was NATO, said that, you know, <laughs> Getz had a 2020 Lexus uh, with, I, think, I forget the amount of miles, but he priced for 250,000 and all the other Lexus people went out and bought like, you know, uh, Lexuses for 65K uh, instead of the 250,000. And then he was like, oh, hey, maybe what if you even want to give me 125K? And still no one bought. Um, hell of a I, hell of an analogy by NATO. A, a nice analogy. I, I, I don't know if he overpriced Cease that much, but I also don't know what the Orioles are doing because it doesn't seem like they'll have a place to put all six of their top 100 prospects. Nope. Like, they'll obviously have Henderson at third. 
And then Holiday likely playing shortstop or Westberg playing shortstop and the other one playing at second base. Joey Ortiz, who's at like 91 just behind Brian Ramos, he's likely got nowhere to play. So, I mean, you could think that you'd include him in a deal. Uh, Cedric Mullins is your center fielder. Austin Hayes is your left fielder. Your right fielder is Anthony Santander. you got a first baseman in Ryan O'Hearn. Urias is an infielder, but he's on the bench. Uh, Where's uh, Mountcastle? Mateo's uh, an outfielder. He's on the bench. Uh, Mountcastle's your DH. So it's like, again, where is Mayo going to play? Where is Kowser going to play? Where is Kierstad going to play? I think MLB Pipeline ranked six of their prospects inside of the top 30 mm-hmm. or five of the top five of their prospects in the top 30. Like, it seems like they are going to try every single one of them out and see which one fails. Kind of the White Sox method. I, uh, I think it's stupid from the Orioles' side. Okay. I think that they should be going out and bolstering that rotation. You just won 101 games in the AL East. This lineup doesn't seem to be super, you know, potent. I understand that Ryan O'Hearn was great, but... You can't count on that. We, we saw Ryan O'Hearn with the Royals. Yeah, like, you is, can't is he really going to be bouncing back that much? Yeah, you can't count on that I, every year. I, I don't know. There's a lot of young players in there, too. Like, is Gunnar Henderson going to continue that great rookie of the year campaign? Is Holiday going to back up all of this? I know that the reports are obviously over the moon for Holiday. Um, I don't know. It seems like a, a really tough task for them to win 101 games with the exact same roster except for a worse closer in Craig, Craig yeah. Kimbrell. And I, holiday. I just don't understand. Like, even if you don't do the White Sox trade with Cease, understandable. You think the price is too high. They haven't entertained the Anthony Santander trade market. Like, that guy, I think, is walking after this year. And if we know the Baltimore Orioles and you know, new ownership, so maybe some more money will be available, they're not going to pay him. So I was thinking that this offseason would be dedicated to getting Anthony Santander to another team and building up that prospect uh, farm system a little bit more with his uh, return. But because you said all these outfield prospects, all these infield prospects got to play somewhere and they're just holding their cards until when the middle of the season, the Yankees are trying to get better. Blue Jays are Boston is the, but Tampa's going to be there. So I don't think they realize that, you have to strike while the iron's hot. Ask any team. Ask the damn White Sox. When you have a chance to win the World Series, win that World Series that year and worry about the rest later on because we were all happy in 2020 and in 2021. Now look at us. Destitute. Broke. Talking about stadiums and shit and how many games are going to win more than the Royals this year. It goes by fast. If you don't try to win, then what are you going to do? And that AL East, too, those teams can pass you by really quickly if the Yankees ever want to invest some more money in some people. If, he, if they sign Juan Soto to a long-term deal, hell, you'll be in trouble for at least seven, ten years. I had a question for you, but I, I forgot it. Do you, uh, do you really think that they're going to win more games than the Royals? The White Sox? Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't think so. No, the the Royals why, improved why vastly. Up? No, I'm just saying, like, uh, just, this is what we're discussing. We're not discussing <laughs> the 2024 White Sox as competing for the AL Central. We will probably, but then we'll laugh it off. But look at the, who they got. Seth Lugo is pretty solid. They got, uh, who else? Waka. Uh, Waka. They're starting rotations better. And well, how they played at the end of last year, too. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we I think we might disagree who the best player in the AL Century is, but one candidate is Bobby Witt Jr. And that guy's not getting younger. He's getting better. Oh, you think Witt's better than Robert? <sighs> is that no, is that just what you're referring I think, to? I think when it's all said and done after twenty twenty four, he will be the best player in the AL Central. Wit. Wit. Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, I agree with that. Um and they have it, more yeah, coming. I would even, pro- I, I mean, I put J Ram probably above Robert, anyways. Yeah. Mm, mm, I think, yeah. I mean, you can't disrespect J Ram. He's mm. been the best player in the AL Center for a minute now. But, like, remember Cole Reagans, Regans. Regans. They, they got him from the Texas Rangers. Mm. And look how well he's pitching. Like, the White Sox don't have that. The White Sox don't have those type of caliber players. As the Royals do, and I think, yeah, the Royals will be slightly better, if not much more better than the White Sox. Pasquatch comes back? Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Dude, I I, I think that they You think they're going to compete? You sound like they're going to compete for the AL Central over here. Couple couple injuries to those Twins and wide open. I don't even know about a couple injuries. The Twins, I think, are coming back to the pack. I think the Tigers, again, another year, I think the Tigers are going to compete. If they get 140 games from Buxton, though, I mean, you know. They'll probably win the division. And uh, if I win the lotto, uh, Jared's asking in the question uh, in the chat, uh, why shouldn't they wait? They won 100 games without him. Uh, why not wait to see if you're the Orioles? Uh, you aren't any risk of not getting cease. Um, I, well, the one thing is like, yes, they did win 101 games without him, but also that was just a different year. That was a different schedule, uh, and that was teams probably taking you a little bit for granted. I. I don't think that they can replicate 101 game wins this year. Uh, I'll take the under on Orioles wins. It's just really tough. I, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I just don't think that they're going to do that. I was surprised that they won 100 plus games this year. Um, it, it seems really difficult for them to repeat that. But I, I think that NATO doesn't bring a decent point up in the discord. It's just, why would the Orioles trade for him if they're not going to extend him? Um, and you bring up the, the past spending from the Orioles they're currently likely in a holding pattern with their ownership because does it make sense for the Orioles to go out to get cease to start negotiations with a guy that might not even hit or want to sign an extension before he hits free agency the real reason is because while you read all the Orioles prospects did you read a pitcher off is there a pitcher in that top 30 for those? no exactly that's why they go and get cease because they don't really have Anybody coming up who's inexpensive and can pitch at the top of that rotation immediately in their farm system. That's why you trade Cease. You have a good surplus of young outfield and infielders, but you also don't have enough that's going to come to the major leagues for starting pitches. They have some people which are in the top 100, but they don't have enough that those guys are going to be starting over Bradish this year or Rodriguez or John Means. Is John Means going to pitch all the way this year? You know, you have a lot of question marks in that starting rotation. And Craig Kimbrough, too. Like, are you satisfied with that? Going from the best closer in baseball to eh, closer? Like, the Orioles, that one-on-one, congratulations, man. But I don't think they're going to repeat that. Not at all. We'll see. I don't even know what the number is this year. For Probably like a 91, total? 92 for the Orioles overall under win total. If it's anything higher, then I'm going under. Um, projected. 
You want to stall? Do, do, yeah, do, yeah. Do, I do, just do, think do, do, do. no. You're so fine. Uh, Baltimore Orioles. I should be able to find this quicker. I'm a degenerate. Um, I just think the Orioles like they have a t- moment in time right now where they can strike, and maybe this ownership change was the time where they had to relax and not do anything. But as soon as this is over and they have some certainty, it's time to strike because otherwise you can be passed by by a lot of teams by waiting for young talent to keep on growing. And as we said before, development's not linear. Doesn't mean that all their players are going to keep on ascending to heights. 88 and a half. Mm, that's a great number. God damn it, Vegas. That's a great number. Awesome number. Over over is minus 105. So if you, you do like them to win 90 games, you can get closer to, to even money. But uh, I just wouldn't play that market. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's take a break here, uh, and then we'll... Uh, wrap all this stuff up uh want to let you know about our friends over at game type right herb i, I feel like i should have gave you more time to do that that's fine it's, it's all fine game time is the best isn't it herb it is the best you shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next big event game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events that are nearest you with killer last minute deals all in prices Views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. As I said, last-minute tickets. We were going to Atlanta a couple years ago, bought some tickets, wanted to check out the game time guarantee, checked other secondary markets, and saw one had a better deal than the row and section that we're in that we bought from game time. Sent them an email at game time. They got me the difference, 110% of the difference, in my account within 12 minutes. You could see the view from your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And all-in prices show you the total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. Game time has deals, deals and tickets right up to the event, and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to be for last-minute seats. And with zone deals, you pick the section, game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And at Game Time Guarantee, as I just explained, means you'll always get the best price. You'll find the tickets in their same section or row for less, or Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app now and create an account and use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account, redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Thank you, Herb. And if you're in the market for a new vehicle, you have to check out our friends over at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake as they're starting their Ray Resolution or as yeah, they're starting the race resolution with the start something new sales event. Uh, I know how to read. Uh, and do you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear the lot to make room for brand new 2024 vehicles for a limited time get up to nine thousand dollars off new jeep models with their dealer discount and that's not all you can get uh last you can shop their last call on remaining 2023 dodge challenger and charger models including hellcats scat packs and more dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 dodge muscle cars to choose from at ray cdjr you'll always be able to shop one of chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to ray's price promise and don't miss out shop great 
deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. And fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at raycdjr.com slash service. That's raycdjr.com slash service. But you have to schedule before January 31st. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit raycdjr in Fox Lake or raycdjr.com, serving the community since 1963. All right. Um, can you hear that? A little squeaky? A little yeah, I, hear yeah, I heard that. A little that. squeaky. A squeaky chair. Uh, Jared brings up a good clarity point, and I should uh, bring this up because I, I really haven't thought about, about this, uh, but uh, Jared's thinking from a Orioles perspective, since they do have the best offer on the table, does that give them incentives to wait to see what Cease is like? Because knowing that they can beat any deal at any point with their prospect cash, if Cease goes out and, you know, has a great eight games to start off the season, does that make them more interest to deal? It's a good point. But also, the White Sox are talking to other teams. If the White Sox get from the Mariners what they want, there's no Dylan Cease anymore. He's gone. So you're playing a dangerous game if you're Baltimore. Is there another younger pitcher with two years on his deal left that is of the caliber of Dylan Cease? No. I mean, you can go and see if Kerbin Burns for his last year wants to be as that price is a little cheaper than Dylan Cease, but that's only one year left for you to do that. So, yeah, it's a good plan for the Baltimore Orioles to know that they have most draft or most prospect capital than any other team. But also, the White Sox could move on, and if they get their price from another team, the Reds stop balking, the Mariners stop balking, the Yankees relent, etc., then you're left holding the bag with a bunch of prospects and then a starting rotation that is not caliber for winning a World Series. No, it's not. Um, and now I'm saying if Cease goes over there, it's not like they're automatically the World Series favorites, but your team is better. You get somebody who was in the starting rotation – off of that list, and so you're running with a much stronger team with C. Spradish, Rodriguez, maybe Means, and maybe Dean Kramer. Yeah, and two, again, who would you rather start in game two of your, you know, three-game series or five-game series? Is it Dean Kramer or Dylan Cease? You know, I mean, Kyle Bradish has been great, uh, but that might second up, I mean, is it going to be Grayson Rodriguez? Is he going to continue his, you know, second half that he had when he got called up? Um, is it going to even be John Means if he's healthy? It just ceases showing you that he's been so consistently healthy, giving you, you know, hundreds and hundreds of innings over the past three years, 200-plus strikeouts over the past three years. Um, it's it's really next level. And, two, you're putting him in a stadium. Oh, my God, I was just about to say that. That just, I mean, is pitcher's heaven. Yes. Especially for a guy that has so much velocity. Um, I guess if he's going up against left-handers, that might go a little bit awry because that's a pretty nice place to pull balls for lefties. But, I mean, you're going righty up against righty against that slider. I mean, you're done. Yeah. I mean, right-handed power Enjoy. is negated. Good luck, Aaron Judge. Yeah, and you have a person that can go and get in Cedric Mullins for any ball that is hit in that cavernous-ass ballpark. Yeah. Who's playing left field, though? Austin Hayes. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe. Um, all right. Uh, finally, I just want to wrap up one thing. Uh, this is a story we haven't brought up yet, but it did just have uh, some, uh, I don't want to say good news, but I mean a, a better uh, ending right now. Uh, it is Jackie Robinson's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
happy, I don't know. 105th. 105th. Look at you with the math. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just stared at that 1919 number and just did not know what, mm-hmm. <laughs> what how to do math. Uh, but Bob Lutz, who is the founder and executive director of uh, the League 42 Foundation in Wichita, Kansas, uh, just tweeted out, how about this? Amazing, huh? During this emotional week, we are proud to report some great news. MLB, which has been in touch with League 42 from the moment this tragedy became public, has formalized their support for our youth. The commissioner's office and 30 clubs have committed funding towards the cost of replacing our Jackie Robinson statue and providing other means of support for League 42. We are grateful for the contributions to our mission and celebrating Jackie's legacy through the youth of Wichita. If you haven't heard, uh, the League 42 statue of Jackie Robinson was stolen from its, uh, I guess, place of structure. Yeah. Um, like Kansas. cut off. Yeah. Um, and then burnt and destroyed. Uh, so Major League Baseball, thankfully, stepping up and taking care of the icon of baseball, uh, Jackie Robinson, and the very good work that Bob Lutz and League Forty Two are doing. So a horrible story over the weekend, but thankfully, Major League Baseball stepping up and doing the proper thing. Yeah, these people who did this probably thought you can ruin the reputation and the legacy of Jackie Robinson, but no, you just strengthened it. Yeah. You saw the community and that's what you're talking about. You saw the community rally around and immediately think about getting that new statue and putting it back up. And it gets us talking about Jackie Robinson a little bit more on his birthday, 105th birthday. He died way too young um, and gets us to appreciate the man a little bit more. So yeah, you thought you're doing something big, but no. Well, and we're bigger than that. Yeah, we're bigger than hate. Right. And it's it's surprising that people are filled with so much hate, but it's also not that surprising when, you know, what, less than a year ago, two years ago, you had an active Major League Baseball player using Jackie as a way to tear down another active Major League Baseball player. So great job, dipshit Jack, uh, Josh Donaldson and uh, <laughs> anyone else who, uh, you know, just thinks that this is the proper way to act as an adult. Uh, pretty disgusting-ass behavior, but thankfully, uh, proper... Steps are being uh, taken to take care of the the wrong and hopefully uh, right the wrong. And as you said, strengthen Jackie Robinson's legacy. So uh, shout out to Jackie on his 105th birthday. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ekrawal23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We're down a man in Vinny Duber, but hopefully we'll be back tomorrow. And if not, we're hopefully uh, sending our well wishes to Vinny. Uh, thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. And we will talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Make sure the thumbs up button on your way out. Goodbye. We all silly like the mayor. 